You're listening to the Northwestern Campus Ministry Podcast from Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. Northwestern Campus Ministry exists to send students out as those rooted, built up, and established in Christ for God's glory and for the sake of the world. Thanks for listening and enjoy this recent message from our Christian Formation Program. Hey, we're going to have the opportunity. Um, one of the calls of Christ is to, uh, is to bear witness and to share testimony. And so three of our very own three leaders, uh, courageous friends of mine, uh, are, are going to share uh, here in just a moment. Let me introduce them to you. So three seniors. Uh, first, Brevin Brands uh, is a senior finance major. We have Lindsay Gonzalez, uh, a senior translation and interpretation criminal justice and then Selena Corrales Hernandez, senior youth ministry and Christian formation. And so can we give these three uh, friends of ours a round of applause? And so a few weeks ago, uh, I connected with all three and asked them to prayerfully consider responding in this chapel space to this question. How has Hardship, suffering, uh, grief, how has it, has it shaped your faith as you've walked with your faithful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And so um, they were willing to share, and uh, we're going to start with Brevin, and then we'll hear from Lindsay, and then we'll hear from Selena. So Brevin, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, we're going to hop right into it. When I was 14, uh, my father passed away of heart disease. Um, it was a tough time. I was in eighth grade playing basketball. Um, and I really didn't think much of it at the time. Uh, my dad and I weren't super close, um, as far as I can recall. Um, most of the time, he would work. He had two jobs, so he would work. Uh, he'd go to work at 6. Um, I wouldn't see him until maybe 8 or 9 at night. Um, so when he passed away, it felt like almost nothing had changed. Um, but I didn't realize the wounds that I had from that. Um, after he passed away, I had a short period of, like, I was really on fire for Christ. Like, I gave my entire uh, being to him. I just, I just let him do what he wanted to do with me. Um, and then as, in that time, as I experienced some of the uh, longer-lasting uh, effects of grief, um, I tried to find, like, meaning in the world and tried to, like, find what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be in the world and not in Christ uh, so this led to a long period, uh, four or five years, of just trying to find meaning in uh, worldly things, um, particularly girls, uh, dating, uh, things like that. Um, this brought me up to senior year of high school um, when I started doing some reflection, um, doing some, uh, I went to a, a weekend church retreat thing, um, and really just realized how like backwards my life was um and then recently I was doing some reflection over the summer um and I my my therapist said the word abandonment um and that word just hit me like a truck like it was so hard to describe the feelings that I had and the grief that I was holding and the resentment I had towards God in particular um and when, when he said that word, it's like, I just realized like everything that I've been doing was, was because of I, I had felt abandoned by God. Um, so, so in that time, like I, I went to the, the scripture and um, 
realized that, that it wasn't God abandoning me. Uh, God never abandons us. He's always by our side. It was me abandoning God. And when I had um, realized that, it, it kind of had a shift in my life. Um, when, I, when I realized that, that I was the one running from God, God never ran from me, um, it kind of took my pain and, and shifted into my purpose, um, shifted into my passion. Um, so, so through that, that pain and suffering of losing my dad and this abandonment that I had experienced over and over in my life, um, God gave me a heart for others going through the same things, uh, whether it be um, loss of, of loved ones, of parents, brothers, sisters, um, or, or in disaster relief. Uh, that's another thing that I've been called to. Um, God has just given me a heart for that. Um, and it was through, through my pain that, he, that he's really given me that passion. Um, and that, that's, what, that's the suffering uh, like that I've experienced God has just just taken that and used that in in so many different ways, and I've been so blessed to be able to to share my story with others and to to love on others uh, because I can walk with them and empathize with them. Um, hi, my name is Lindsay. Uh, before I begin, in general, I just want to preface that um, just sharing a little bit of like my story. I don't want to like taint any. Um, people's images of the people that are in in my testimony, but yeah. Um, so one of my first memories growing up was watching my mom um, tell my dad not to go. So he had an affair, and um, he was gonna leave. And um, I just it was kind of a struggle, just kind of seeing that all go on and um, trying to have her hold everything together. And ultimately he left, and that was the last time I saw my dad, and I was about four and a half years old. And um, I just remember having a few conversations with him as like the months went by, and uh, the conversations, uh, the phone calls all of a sudden stopped, and I decided to call this time, but um, my grandma had answered, and she told me to stop calling because my dad didn't love me. And yeah, I just remember crying a lot, and... Um, yeah, from that day forward, never really crying about it again. But as I grew up, I didn't think about my dad too much unless like he was brought into conversations or if I was with like his side of the family. Uh, I really longed for that sense of family, but I was never envious of other families. I just wanted to experience at least a little bit of that type of like love. Um, I didn't think I had any sort of feelings as I was younger when it happened because, you know, how could I miss something I never really had? Uh, this all changed in 2021 when my dad called me on New Year's and telling me that he wanted to build a relationship with me. And at this point, it had been like 15 years since I had seen him and or even talked to him. So it was weird to say I didn't want anything because I was talking to a stranger. So it, it felt weird just kind of trying to build a relationship with someone that I didn't really know. Um, so uh, that was the first time I had cried about my dad in like 15 years. And it was hard, yeah. I didn't know how to navigate the situation. I didn't really know where to seek for help, mainly because my mom was going through her own struggles with, with that abandonment. So it kind of uh, retouched some wounds that it, I didn't think we had. Um, and that year that he had contacted me, he um, really put in the effort of 
calling, texting, and really did all the things um, for that year, called on holidays, on my birthday, but I never would answer. Um, I would text him, but that was just because I could be like very short with it and not put much effort back. And um, the following year, he had stopped calling, and I wasn't really mad because I couldn't be mad at someone that I didn't reciprocate the same energy to, you know? Um, so that was kind of the last interaction I had with him until I got a call saying that he was in the hospital and I didn't know what to do mainly because I was very panicked on like if that would be the last time or if anything would happen and just a lot of feelings of um, hurt came about it. And I didn't know what to do, and I didn't end up going to the hospital. I was stuck in the feelings of myself, but also the opinions of everyone else. And um, from my knowledge, he's out of the hospital, but we're, we still have not spoken to this day. And yeah, um, I could easily say that I've processed everything, and it isn't something I struggle with, but it's something that um, I think about as I continue to get to know myself and who I am and as I process this part of my life. But I think I've managed to be okay with, um, with this just because I know that even though like my relationship with my earthly father wasn't okay, um, particularly the best, I know that um, like our heavenly father has really poured into different aspects of my life, whether that's like pursuing higher education as like a first gen or like being able to relate to other people um, that have or share a similar story or, you know, just doing things like that. And um, he's poured into me in ways that like I haven't been able to understand and fully accept yet, but at the same time, like I know it's that love that I really needed and really longed for. And it's something, you know, that it's still a work in progress because I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, I don't understand um, everything. And um, although I'm still learning, God has never really failed to show me that um, his presence is through, like, different things, like conversations, uh, readings, and just, like, opportunities to share today. So, thank you. Okay, um, let's hope you don't, I see. There might be an ugly cry going on here. There's a reason why they call it an ugly cry. <laughs> so be ready for it, probably, hopefully not. Um, so I'm gonna um, just focus more so, like um, I also lost my mom around the same age. So that's also been a process in of itself. Um, but I'm gonna focus more so in um, relation to long-lasting kind of ongoing sufferings or long-term kind of repetitive problems or sicknesses. Maybe some of you in the room have experienced that. It's maybe it's in yourself a sickness that you just have been in treatment for so long or your family member may be going on like on and off cancer battle. I don't know, something like that. So um, in, in our case, it's been with like um, schizophrenia. So early this semester, I could hear the Lord tender whispers, uh, those small, st still small voices of him with gentleness telling me, you know what to do, right? <laughs> Call someone, because you need to allow yourself to cry and grieve all over again. But not about your mouth this is time. It'll help you feel better and heal. I have a hard time allowing myself to do that. 
I cope with laughter and try to uh, joke it away. Some of you probably find yourself in that. Um, it was in his kindness that he was trying to show me a healthy way to grief because it's an ongoing bottle. Oh, sorry. Um, to, and to see, especially the passage that just stands out to me is um, in Gethsemane, uh, when he says, I am overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says, I, yeah, he just allowed himself to express that to the disciples, and he brought the people that were closest to him with him. Um, maybe it wasn't the best, you know, um, moment for them either, but he was courageous enough to tell them, would you stay here with me? Would you watch with me? The passage says, sit here while I go over there and pray. This is the first words uh, we hear him say in Gethsemane. And talking with Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me, he says. I love the, the way um, the NIV um, phrase said, it says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I needed to make that phone call to say, stay here and watch with me. Um, which... <laughs> Um, so yeah, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Um, and I just kept breaking that down. It's, you know, my soul, my will, my mind, my emotions. And, and it says overwhelmed with sorrow. And I look it up for those BTS lovers up there in the crowd. It says, it's just deep sadness and exceeding joy. So just seeing that our Lord was grief and learning in this process of grief that uh, God himself is a God who grief especially when it's like in the long term kind of thing. Um, it was just so uh, liberating and freeing and allowed me to go to those deep places uh, knowing that he himself came out of the other place with the courage and strength to go to the cross. And he just needed to go to express to his father as well how much it hurt, <laughs> you know. And, and um, yeah, and also just the thought of, that grief itself and the ability to grieve being in his likeness uh, was, it has been very helpful um, as we go on with this bottle. So yeah, like I said, early this semester, I find myself on the same spot because it's been 12 years since my first brother got sick. Um, and he's been treatment on and off. I could tell you um, a lot of symptoms and struggles that come with that, uh, like many failed suicide attempts, uh, he got lost for about a year and a half in a very dangerous city, so we could hope for the best but still be ready for the worst. Um, there's many more things to come with that, and what makes it difficult is that it's incurable because the, the treatment, the medicine doesn't heal it, doesn't heal the sickness, it just helps it or numbs it. Um, and it's like swings, it comes on and off, you know, it's fine for a long time and then all of a sudden you get those phone calls again that they're not so fun to hear um, and what made it difficult early this semester is because um, towards the end of last year when my sister called me and said that one of my brothers had a nervous breakdown and it's my, another brother this is not the brother that's been sick for 12 years and it was better worse better worse from that point on and then Another time, I got a phone call from her, 
Uh, she just was sadness says, I think it's happening all over again. He's showing the same symptoms. I think it might be schizophrenia all over again. Um, so as you can imagine, like we love him to death. It's a long-term commitment. But you know, like insurance says love, it can hurt sometimes. Um, and yeah, in those moments when you just receive those news and in those heavy waves, of situations of circumstances that come up, I just want to encourage you to do the same as the, that the Lord did, like go to your Father and feel the freedom to allow yourself to mourn those things. Um, your body will thank you for it too. I was starting to get physically sick. And um, and yeah, just to, I want to ask you, encourage you to think through who is your Peter in Sons of Zebedee. Those were the ones that he told, just come. Keep watch with me. Stay here while I pray. Even if you don't have to see it, you just be there over there and let me be here with my father. So, yeah, long story short, um, there's more that can come. But for time's sake, just, I just want to encourage you to ask the Spirit to take you to those places of teaching you how to grieve and mourn, especially for those of us that find ourselves in a long-term, lifetime kind of commitment. Um, yeah, he won't be emotionally neglectful to you.